0: Welcome to today's episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. This business talk show airs live on Wednesdays at 4 p.m. and Thursdays at 3 p.m. Both shows are heard exclusively here on internet radio station octalkradio.net. We're broadcasting from their new state-of-the-art studios in the tech space facilities in beautiful Costa Mesa, California. If you're interested in listening to the show as a podcast, we encourage you as well to listen to the show during our broadcast times here on octalkradio.net. The show is brought to you by our commercial sponsors, Succession Strategies, Smart Stop Self Storage, Commerce National Bank, and Smart Business Magazine. The goal for this show is to help you, our listening audience of CEOs and business owners, make better and more informed decisions by listening to the experiences and insights from our guests. We do have two sets of guests today as we normally have on Critical Mass radio show. And if you're expecting to hear Natai Patak of Kling and Patak LLP, well, he's our second guest and we'll have him on a little bit later on the show. Our first guest today is Bob Aiken of JCAP Financial Group. Bob is the CEO, Chief Executive Officer. I've asked him to come on the show to discuss why watching big banks dominate over mid-sized mortgage brokers influenced Bob to start a boutique financial provider that focuses on providing a high level of service. With over 25 years of experience in the industry, Bob has grown his company into a multifaceted finance lender that caters to consumers and the business community. Bob, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Rick. I'm excited to be here. It's really good to have you. Let's talk a little bit about your background. Can you tell our audience the things that you did before you started JCAP Financial Group? You know, I started my career in
1: lending, gosh, back in the late 80s uh, when people were being refinanced into um, gosh, I think it was 12% loans out of 16%. I had, loans. I had a mortgage like that. <laughs> right. And I was happy.
0: Oh, yeah. It was a busy time
1: Low, for the mortgage. Right. Yeah. I, I can recall, you know, being on the phone one day with a client. Do you think I should really take that five year fixed? And I thought, and I told him, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see 10.5% again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, those oh, were the those days. days. Yeah. yeah. But, boy, have we progressed uh, as an industry and as an economy uh, away from that, you know, into these tough times that we've been in, and we've all seen, you know, rates now in the threes and four percents,
0: and who would have ever thought, you know, it's pre-depression rates, really. Yeah, they are historic, aren't they? So let's talk about JCAP Financial Group, and what makes your firm, I said a little bit in the open, but... From your perspective, what makes your organization, your firm, different in the marketplace? Why do people do business with JCap Financial Group?
1: Well, it's really interesting. Uh, JCap has progressed from um, a mortgage broker to a mortgage banker, and then at the point of the, you know, financial blowup of two thousand eight, um, I knew it was a time that we were going to have to diversify, and so we ex- we expanded our product offerings into um, a broader financial base through life insurance. And we started offering uh, key man and uh, planning for buy-sell agreements with partnerships and funding those through life insurance. And the biggest problem was um, it's just expensive. You know, most people uh, cover their their. Um, problem with losing a CEO or losing a partner right. by getting term life. Um, but the biggest problem with term life is that it expires and statistically everybody lives through it mm. but they get it because it's cheap right And we looked at that and said, well there's got to be a way of protecting the key executives long term and developed a prop a product to give them permanent life insurance and finance that through our finance arm. And that's really become the marquee of JCAP Financial Group. And so we still do mortgages, but we've expanded uh, our offerings So, but like a mortgage so that people could get the coverage that they need for their businesses through financing like a mortgage. And so we give them long-term financing to make permanent life insurance affordable for them.
0: You know the, the listening audience. Ninety-eight percent of them are business owners or CEOs and um, small and mid-market companies, so two to thirty million. In, in your experience working with clients like that, um, do many of them already have the right financial instruments in place to fund the key man? It kind of sounds like maybe they don't. But my experience is it's it's almost many times something they know they need to do, but they maybe haven't even taken the steps to get a term insurance program or anything. That they're really vulnerable in that areas. You know, when there's a buy-sell agreement, how do you fund it? And so uh, what's your experience in working with these firms?
1: Right. As uh, as we've found, most people use duck and cover. You know, they're hoping that an event right. just doesn't happen. Right. Just and look we, the other way. Right. And we have story after story of, you know, um, an unexpected tragedy or a partner even leaves the firm unexpectedly and has a buy-sell contract in place but no way to fund it. And, and companies, especially in the Orange County area, are totally exposed and it's it's been interesting and a pleasure to use our experiences to serve that community Mm -hmm. and get them taken care of but the problem is um, people either have nothing or they do it through term insurance and statistically only two percent of term insurance policies ever pay out and the reality is that most executives live through their term insurance realize they have a problem and then just go oh my gosh We've got to get coverage, and it's either too expensive or they're not insurable at that yeah, point. Yeah, it's not
0: the kind of thing you want to wait until you need it to actually go out and look for it, right? It's <laughs> right. Kind of, you kind of miss the window there. Right. And the other thing that I've seen is sometimes it forces a liquidity event where you have a buy sell agreement, you have no way to fund the, the the getting the partner out. You have to liquidate the firm, right? Come, and so everybody loses in a way. It's not what was the way you had expected it to be, because it wasn't properly planned for. You really have very limited altern- alternates to do that. So it sounds like working with your firm, JCap Financial Group, there may be a better or a different way of funding those vehicles. Yeah, we
1: encourage, uh, first of all, executives to act sooner rather than later. And then we go over some unique, unique plans that are permanent in nature and, And that are financed to make it affordable. Because the biggest problem about permanent insurance, if anybody's gotten, you know, whole life insurance, for example, to protect the kids, you know, in those earlier ages, the biggest problem is that they're a fortune. And we've designed a program that, through financing, allows it to become an affordable vehicle that's permanent. So the insurance lasts forever. It has an equity side so that it grows in cash value. Right. uh, Tax free, of course, because it's insurance and gets your premiums back, but makes it affordable through the financing.
0: Yeah, the idea that it's permanent, and you've said that several times, and, and, and I, I hear you each time you say that, that is a real advantage, because you know, in the business, a lot of things change, and if you have term insurance, the next time you go to get your quote, who knows what the situation is, right? And the rates may be different, where if you have a permanent agreement that's that's funded properly, I mean, that's one less thing as a CEO business owner you have to worry about in five years or ten years or seven years, whenever the term might expire. Yeah. That's exciting. And then the unexpected benefit of that
1: permanent plan is that even if, you know, most people will retire out, and they re- when they retire, you, don't necessarily, you aren't necessarily putting that plan in place for the death benefit, although you need that protection. But if you have, you've been paying the plan, it's paid up and you have a retiring executive, you can also help build a retirement strategy through that plan because of the cash value
0: it grows. Wow! So I'm sure some people are going to want to reach out to you, Bob, here either listening live here on octalkradio.net or in the future as a podcast off of iTunes or Stitcher. So a little later in the show, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to ask Bob to give his contact information and website, so just stay tuned. One more question before we take our first commercial break. Uh, can you, of all the things you've learned in your business career, in your varied business career, uh, can you think of, or do you have you developed kind of an overarching strategy? We here on a radio program call it your guiding principle. But do you have one, and can you share what that might be with our audience today, Bob? Yeah,
1: you know, when you think about guiding principle, um, there's really two things that come to mind, and one is how can we proactively care for our clients, um, and the second is. You know, to be responsive. You know, it's so funny. I, I talk to my kids about this. I've got, you know, two boys now that are entering the workforce, and I, I tell them, you know, if you just return your call, you know, and answer your email, you're already better than 80% of the whole world. Isn't that the truth? And then to take that a step further and think about, okay, what is their need and how can I put myself in, in the client's chair and care for them even before they're answering the question or asking the question, you know, so that you can be proactive on what on what their needs are, um, I think it leads to success.
0: You know, and, and I know from knowing you for a while, I've known Bob for a while, that that is how you've built the culture at JCAP Financial Group. A lot of times I've heard other people, not here on the radio show, but in the business community talk about caring for your clients and looking out for them first. But if your actions don't match your words, and if your culture doesn't reinforce that, it's very it doesn't take very long for a prospective client or a client to realize, hey, wait a minute, that was just either marketing stuff or business leader, CEO, doesn't realize that his organization doesn't follow along with his strategy. That's not the case for JCAP Financial, but I'm just saying, it it sounds like a lot of people can say that, but it's hard to live it, isn't it? I mean, you really, there are times when that guiding principle gets tested, when you really do have to think for your customer first.
1: Absolutely. You have to to sit in their seat, especially in the business that we're in, you know, and that's really the fun of what we do. You know, we get to sit as executives. We've been in the same position you know we've built the same cases for our company and so to sit in their seat and go okay how are we going to get this group protected
0: that's what we do okay we're going to take our first commercial break ladies and gentlemen we're only going to be gone for two minutes or less and when we come back i'm going to ask bob to talk about in a marketplace with large competitors what is he and what is his executive team at jcap financial group doing to successfully compete against other firms in their space so stay tuned for that answer and other answers from bob aiken when we return from these commercial break
2: can we talk about your family business you know that thing you put your whole life's blood sweat and tears into well what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children. At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy and successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714-560-9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's Succession-Strategies.com.
3: I got stuff to the right, more stuff to the left. Got enough stuff, but I can't take a step. So I smart stopped and took a minute to think. I need a little better spot, not under the scene. With Smart Stop, I leave the stress at the door because it's the
4: smarter way to store. Smart Stop bucks the system. Your first month's rent is just a buck. Your next three months are half off. Call 888-97-STORAGE and mention this station. Goodbye clutter, hello floors. Smart Stop, the smarter way to store.
0: Welcome back to this episode of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi. I'm speaking today on our first segment with Bob Aiken, who is the founder and CEO of JCAP Financial Group. Before we get back to talking with him, I wanted to thank and acknowledge our listeners who download our radio show as a podcast. In the past 30 days, you've downloaded 12,963 copies of our show, and we here at the program appreciate your continued support. Bob, before the break, I said I was going to ask you to share a little bit about your strategy relative to competing with larger firms in your space. Could you give some insight into that to our audience, please? You know, it's interesting. Um, we spend a lot of time on this, and our
1: our product is a little niche, or I guess it's really a service, is very niche, and the big insurance agencies uh their strategy is you know you hire young guys and you get them on the phone and they make a lot of calls and they issue they give insurance to you know their friends and family and then they go on to the next guy and and if you're in their friends or family group you probably got your insurance through them and our approach is pretty unique um because of our financial background, we really go in and analyze the firm and we're really solving a problem that protects the company and and then secondarily protects the company owners. And our competition doesn't really know that space. Hmm. Um, our team is you know, either from a financial background side or from a public accounting side, and we really sit in the CEO seat for our clients. And trust is built almost immediately. I think that because we were our first client and built the design around what our needs uh, for JCap were, it it gives the client immediate or gives us immediately immediate credibility to our client. And really, you know, we're seasoned guys. We're not, you know, whether we do a deal or not will not break. You know, whether or not my kids go to private school. Uh-huh. You know, it really is about. Working with people we enjoy working with and solving a problem for them, and I think it sets us apart. It's given us an instant name on the West Coast.
0: Excellent, thank you for that. Um, let's talk about a current challenge facing JCAP. You know, we all have them, and. Uh, I'm almost as interested, uh, frankly, I'm equally interested in what the problem is and what you and the executive team are doing to mitigate that because I've learned that so many challenges are common to businesses in radically different industries that probably someone listening today live or in the future of the podcast might be able to apply or adopt or adapt. Part of what you're going to say is the way you're attempting to mitigate that challenge from affecting your business. So it's just an opportunity for you to think about a a way that you could share a little bit of your experience with our audience. Do you have a current challenge you can share with our group?
1: You know, I think um, our biggest challenge as we grow beyond uh, our sphere of influence is really in marketing and, and identifying uh, bigger markets than we have. And this, I think, where the the larger companies really have the advantage, mm. you know, where they spend advertising dollars uh, for that reach out, And they've got a lot of guys on the street. Uh, As a smaller company, it's tough to get that reach out. And finding good people that can represent you well uh, is a real challenge. Okay. And, you know, um, in the early days, I did a lot of the calls myself. And, you know, as we built the executive team, we're all very good at giving the message to the client Mm. but as you go to that next level where you actually need foot
0: soldiers right finding those foot soldiers has been i'd say our biggest challenge okay and how have you gone about finding those foot soldiers is it through relationships or or how are you bringing in the right kind of people Uh, i think you know we've gone after
1: all of the traditional ways um you know but looking on the internet, talking to people that we know, and the thing that has been the easy—or not the easiest—but the most successful is really through word of mouth mm-hmm. and bringing people in uh, from a, a personal referral. You know, still that old way of doing it. Right. It's been a slower growth, but it has been more effective for the company. Interesting and better for our clients, I think.
0: In the work that I do with CEOs here in Orange County when we talk about culture it's my belief that your culture starts with who you hire if you don't right. if you don't hire to see for a cultural fit you have a problem maintaining your culture. Many times we look at the resume and the skill set or the background and go, "Oh, that per- we can fit him, he'll fit in, or she'll fit in." Well, actually, that's probably not the case. And you can lose your culture by not hiring properly, right? And every time we try to squeeze into the box, <laughs> it just <laughs> it never works, right? Because ultimately, that becomes the reason why they don't stay and they don't reinforce the culture and and fit long term, right? All right, a couple more questions here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Bob Aiken, who is the founder and chief executive of JCAP Financial Group, is our guest today. Um, let's talk about a time when you learned a valuable lesson that you're carrying that lesson with you today. It might have happened yesterday, it might have happened years ago, but at the time it came from Bob, one experience that felt maybe it was a painful or difficult time, but you learned a valuable lesson. So I love to ask the guests if they've had a difficult business experience from which came a really valuable lesson that they. Uh, would like to share with our audience today can you think of one of those that happened yeah
1: yeah, i've i've got one of those and um it in the in the interest of growth you know the company's done real well and, and we've been real successful we we survived that financial meltdown piece and uh we launched into these other areas uh but it didn't come without pain and when we, when we decided to get into the life insurance and, and into uh, life insurance premium finance, which is the financing arm, originally we were just going to stay on the financing side. And we didn't have an intention of actually writing the insurance. Mm-hmm. And we were going to um, just do the finance. We were getting finance referrals, and we were going to pass our leads on as we got them we didn't know how many we'd get but we were going to pass our leads on to insurance agents and you know when you've been doing business in Orange County for as long as we have it turns out that when you're a CEO you know all my friends are CEOs and so you have this you know natural client base coming right. out of the gate and we referred out um, without doing enough background. One of my very good friends to an insurance guy who really botched the case, hmm. and it and it was painful. Uh, we almost, you know, I, my friendship survived it. Uh, we ended up not doing the case, um, and we decided at that time we weren't going to just do finance and we were going to actually do the insurance too to control the entire environment for the client. But I think the lesson was, you, you, it's re- really important that you not only vet. Um, the the situation that you're entering and the deal that you're entering, but all the players have to be vetted as well. And it turns out it's important who you work with. You know, uh, you have to work with people that have the same integrity that you have and that have that same desire to care for the client. And sometimes it goes again to trying to fill that space prematurely or too quickly. Right. And uh, that it gets messed up. Then you have to take a step back and go, okay, you know, wait a second. Let's let's be sure that we're on the right path and doing this correctly.
0: Yeah, it's um, it's great to be asked by someone for a referral of because they need help. It makes you feel good that they trust your advice, but it comes with that implicit responsibility that you know you sort of have your fingerprints on the person that you've referred them to, and and that and they're putting their trust in you know. There's a certain trust that goes from you to that. Referral person, uh, yeah, that can be – that's why it's important uh, for all the listeners. And many times I find CEOs and business owners who aren't in a service-oriented business. They're maybe in a product or, you know, they're they're running the business. They don't – all they know are the direct relationships that they have for people who are providing them service and they may have that personal chemistry with those but they may not work for other people right even if they could do a good job for them if they just don't match up or whatever it, it could be a problem so it's always nice to be able to make two referrals for a on a position just to give the person some level of choice as well yeah and i think you know
1: my business originally started as a sole proprietor type business and i competed against guys and but the level of service for us was always measured by what, how good a job I did. Right. And I took it real seriously. You know, I was a, a national top producer, and I was a grinded out guy, mm. and I just thought that we all were. <laughs>
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: right. I, I really did. Right. You know, I thought, well, you know, we're all going to work a lot of hours, and we're going to do a great job for our clients, and we're going to get referrals, and the business is going to grow. and. The lesson for me was everyone has their own definition of what working hard is and what customer service is, and it may not line up with what my definition
0: is. That's interesting because I was talking to an entrepreneur just a little bit ago about working hard, and, you know, everybody's working hard in their own mind, but you're right, you know, it's are you working on the right things as well and the things that are going to move your business in the proper direction. We've got two minutes left, Bob, so I wanted to ask you about the future. Can you talk to us about... What you see as the strategist behind your firm for the opportunities for continued growth for JCap, you know, you've you've moved into new fields and endeavors now that the economy feels like it's moving in the right direction. Right. I mean, what do you see for the future of your firm? Uh,
1: it's real positive. I'm excited about it. There is such a need for this protecting the legacy plan, which is what we, you know, what we've coveted um, as a title of what we do. Uh, it just really. There's a void, especially in Southern California, for legacy plan protection. And we think that we've solved it. And we're very busy because of that. And it's exciting to be in this space. I love working with CEOs. You know, we're of the same mindset. And to be able to work CEO to CEO and really problem solve for them and not be a burden on their bottom line as we problem solved for them is a nice fit for our organization
0: well i i think too as the economy as people are seeing improved prospects of future growth they actually now start thinking about more of these strategic issues too because i think for a while people had hunkered down into such a tactical model i just got to keep the lights on and i don't you know they were all on the downside right and i think now we're cautiously and looking more and more to the future with optimism which i hope continues as we move forward in time I said earlier I was going to ask you to give your contact information, your website. Would you let people know who may want to get in touch with you or find out more about your firm? How do they do that online? Sure. You can
1: email me uh, at bob at jcap.net or go to our website, jcap.net, and learn more information about the
0: firm. And Jcap is spelled? J-C-A-P. Just like it sounds. Dot net. Thank you, Bob. I really have enjoyed uh, the time that we've had. It's just flown by. I've known you for a while. I've been looking forward to having you on our program. Thank you for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass Business Community. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. All right, we'll be right back with our second guest after these commercial words and a short news break.
4: My company made the switch to Commerce National Bank about six months ago. Our relationship officer was there every step of the way to make the transition as seamless as possible. We had an early hiccup with a deposit scanner, but they dropped everything and drove right to our offices to help. We couldn't feel better about our decision to switch. Instead of calling an 800 number and navigating through automated menus, now I call my Commerce National Bank Relationship Officer directly for any questions we have. Just knowing that they're so easily accessible and willing to help really puts me at ease. They offer the same technology as the big banks, but deliver it with superior service and training. They're also rated a full five stars by Bauer Financial. So if your organization is a smaller, medium-sized business in Orange County, you should make the switch, too. Call Mary Miller, Senior Vice President, at 949-870-3863 or visit him online at www.commercenatbank.com. That's commercenatbank.com. Give Commerce National a chance to do better than your bank, and they'll handle the rest.
0: Welcome back to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show. I am your host, Rick Franzi, and we'll be getting to our second interview with Neetai Potok, who is the managing partner for Kling and Potok LLP. But first, I want to let you know that 98% of our listening audience are business owners and top executives who listen to learn from the experiences of our guests. If your firm is interested in reaching these top decision makers, then advertising on our radio show may be the answer. Each month, our sponsors gain valuable exposure through their support of our show. We deliver close to 40,000 highly targeted sponsor impressions a month. And if you'd like to learn more, then contact our advertising department at 949-887-4104. As I said, we invited Nitai to the show because he oversees the overall strategic direction and operations of his firm as a tax partner. Nita's firm prides itself on providing an innovative service package tailored to your specific needs to save their clients time and money. Those are good things to save, Nita. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Let's talk a little bit about you before we talk about your firm. Can you share with our audience a bit about your professional background?
3: Sure. So uh, I started in the profession with EY. Uh, EY gave me the opportunity to become a well-versed person in the accounting and tax professional area and obtain my CPA and master's in taxation. And over there, I'd worked on a wide range of clients and you know, ranging from large multi-state corporations to startup companies to high net worth individuals. It built a great foundation for me technically and professionally in understanding a CPA business. However, I always had that entrepreneurial spirit in me ever since I was a little kid, uh, back in elementary school, I, you know, didn't want my parents to buy all the candy. I actually wanted to go door to door and sell the candy myself. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, even back when I was in high school and college, you know, I looked for ways to improve things that I was doing at the jobs. How can things be done differently? So, and I loved the freedom of kind of coming up with new ways to do things wherever I was at. So, when the proverbial fork in the road came, do I climb the corporate ladder or do I go out on my own business? Well, I jumped in the deep end. And left EY on December 31st, 1994, and started practice.
0: 1994. Okay, so is that when you came to and started Kling and Potok? Correct. Okay. We we started basically
3: uh, took off January 1st, 1995, uh, yeah. <laughs> New Year's Day, and uh, started on January 2nd.
0: So take me back, if you can, to that first week when you come from Ernst and Young, right? Where you're, I'm sure you were busy. The phone is ringing. The emails are coming. People are giving you stuff to do. To all of a sudden now starting your own firm, what was that? Was that was that a culture shock? Was that a little different? How did that go for you that first week?
3: It was very much a culture shock. Imagine sitting in an office by yourself, not having anything to do because I actually left without any clients. Okay. No, no, uh, you know, nothing to do, and you're sitting there. You go, what did I just get myself into? And there began the journey, and I realized, I said, you know what, it is about relationships. It is. And so when I started making calls and looking to see, you know, what can I do now that I'm here? Right. It's turned into what you see today.
0: That that experience, and I wanted to go back to that first week, and thanks for being honest and answering it. it I, too, came from a corporate world where I was president general manager of a large company, and, you know, I was fighting for time to for myself on my calendar to that first week plus if I didn't make a phone call, that phone wasn't ringing.
3: Exactly, and it it's is a up whole to you, different world. Right? Yes. Yeah, you
0: really realize what you it takes. You make it happen. It's the hardest thing in business. Yeah, is to take some, to create something from nothing. Because the world didn't need another firm, right? I mean, exactly. If you guys didn't, if you and your partner didn't find people that found value in your value proposition,
3: nobody was going to come to you, right? And nobody knew who Kling and Potok was. They knew who Ernst and Young was, right? But Kling and Potok, who's that, right? Is your partner still in the business? Yes. Okay. So, and here's something interesting. He's been a friend of mine since seventh grade. And you're still friends today. Still friends today, even with the business. (laughs) Ninety-four. That is no
0: small feat. Give me a high five on that one. It's hard to have a partnership. I mean, it's it's really it's as tough as any long term relationship. Absolutely. And and when you have multiple people working for you, it is it is very you have a lot of responsibility on top of your own relationship but for other people too
3: exactly you? it's on your shoulder and you know what uh, it's funny you know people joke around it's, it's like a marriage
0: it is oh. it is and the 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 key and you have a successful long-term partnership that i've heard from other partners is that they started for a very they saw value in the other person which has caused them to want to create a partnership and over time they've never forgotten that value they always remembered why they had that need to want to be partnered with them in the beginning. Is that your situation? I'm so
3: glad you brought that up. Both of us had a different background. We saw the synergy and we saw that we could complement each other on the services we could provide. So together we made it, you know, two, one plus one is five, not two. And it was to the point of where we could provide better services from day one with each other than without each other.
0: Right. And that's the key to so, we always look for these teachable moments here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Nita gave us one right out of the gate with the first question. Let's talk about your firm, though. Can you share with us, I always like to ask the leaders, managing partners, what makes you different? In other words, why do people spend money with you versus one of your competitors? That's
3: a great question. I, I think we fulfill a unique need that most companies are looking for in today's ever-changing environment. Right? We provide accounting and tax services, which, which a lot of companies, a lot of firms do, but but with the level of expertise that, that you would expect at a national firm, but at the personalized services that most executives right now are looking for, because they're in a tough situation today with all the changing environment, they're looking for business consultants or CPAs who are going to treat them personally and be there on their team to help them make those difficult decisions. And so I think we bring that to the table. The other thing is, you know, we offer services to companies that range from $10 million in sales to $500 million in sales. So, again, it's, it's hard to find a local CPA practice that does that and can and can give you that personalized service, yet the technical expertise that you would want from them. And so our team members, a lot of them all have CPAs, masters in taxations, have worked at big four firms, but it's a unique blend of what you're getting. And so, you know, you get the best of both worlds. You get the national expertise with the personalized attention that you want from your local Google consultant mm-hmm. and so some of our clients have switched from having full-time in-house tax departments to just completely outsourcing it to us because they realized that there was a value in getting in today's you know day and age we're looking to do more with less right so
0: and the uh looking at a 500 million dollar company and a 10 million dollar company they are very different types of entities aren't they i mean they're almost not even I mean, they're, they're more dissimilar than similar in many ways because of scale and size and complexity and footprint and all that. So to be able to service that wide of a range speaks very well to the skill set that you guys must have put together at your firm as well.
3: well. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that because it is because what they can afford at the $10 million level, we can give them. And what they need at the uh, $500 million level, we can give them. Right. So it's both when you're starting up, the affordability is usually the key. So we'll do everything we can to make it work. And the higher companies are saying, hey, we don't need just our taxes done. We need other things to look at too. So we'll consult with them and we'll bring in the other firms when we need to. But what happens really is they're getting what they need.
0: And how valuable that must be for high growth companies that are on a trajectory where they're not going to outgrow you as their CPA firm.
3: You know, it's funny you should mention that because a lot of times we pick up clients that used to be with local firms. And again, because they were never built that way with us, that's not going to happen. That You're not going to outgrow us because we've seen, in fact, we can tell you, hey, as you grow, Here's the things you should expect to see because right. we see it in our larger clients.
0: And w- I'm mean, believing the power of peer learning. That's why I do this radio show. Right, your experiences to them. They can learn from it. They don't make the same mistakes. They take advantage of the opportunities. They learn best practices. And to have a partner, especially, you know, we talk about this term trusted advisors. Uh, in the role that I play with CEOs and business owners, I become a trusted advisor because I'm in a confidential setting. And I and I also know. That are CPA firms who see their books who understand the guts of the business you really have a confidential and trusted relationship with them because of the level of of, of understanding you have to have about the business that they really most times especially for the 10 20 30 minutes they'd rather not share a lot of that financial information with too many people if they don't have to right that's kind of their family business. Exactly,
3: and they want to keep it close to the vest, right? So when they share that with you, they're really telling you, hey, you know what, Uh, sort of like when I undress in front of my doctor because I trust him, I'm letting you see what my financials look like, and I really trust what you're about to tell me, and I trust that you're going to keep this confidential.
0: Yeah, I learned that when I got my uh, Pepperdine MBA, is that uh, I came from a sales and marketing world, and that's important, you need a long-term strategy, but I really understood um, that the language of business is the accounting and the financial reports. You can say whatever you want on the PowerPoints, but when I look at your balance sheet and your income statement and your statement of cash flows, that tells a whole other story that, frankly, most people look at those numbers and go, that's the real business. The rest of this stuff you can make up. You can't, within reason, make up the financial reporting that you're putting together.
3: Exactly. Numbers don't lie. And whether you like it or not, even in today's market, when people are selling companies, their multiple of does. Well, what is that? It's the numbers that have been running the companies all year long.
0: Right. Okay. One more question before our first commercial break, if that's okay, Neetai. Sure. Um, I'd like to ask our guests, especially the leaders of the organization, uh, of all the lessons you've learned and ways that you could choose to lead your company, have you developed a guiding principle, in other words, an overarching belief system on how you as the leader value and grow your firm? So, you know,
3: uh, it's an interesting question because uh, I I believe really that who you are and how you view the world is how you will run your business. And and so it actually takes me back to, uh, I'd like to share with you something about my dad. Uh, You know, he was an entrepreneur as well. By profession, he was an MD. Uh, And so, you know, he, he had a unique perception and perspective on life though. And so he moved actually, he moved from the traditional medicine world of addressing the problem after the patient was ill hmm. to moving into a preventative world wow. where he opened up a health food store and a n- nutrition center. And so we knew what tofu was when we were in high school before Trader Joe's and everything else really came out in the world. Wow! And so we knew that, uh, you know, he had a unique inspiration a way of beliefs and he taught us. And one thing I always remembered was in the store that he had, he had a sign made up and he put it up and the sign read, our policy is to serve every customer with trust and love. Try our business policy in your business of life. Hmm. And that just really, it it hit home for me when I was a kid. Right. I still remembered it. So now you you come forward to today. And so I believe that in the principles of trust and love, they've turned into the guiding principles that we have at our firm. So you go to our website, you'll see the, you'll see the motto. It says keeping our commitments and providing more. Well, what does that mean? So if you keep your commitments to your team members, your clients, to everyone you interact with in business or life, you will earn their trust. And that's huge. The Next thing is if you provide a little bit more than what's asked of with what you do and who you do it for, then you're showing your way of how you really love what you do and for the love for the people that you do it for, whether it's your team members, your clients, your customers, it's that little bit of extra. And so by providing a little bit more, you're going to get people realizing, you know what? This person really cares. And even though that sounds kind of, you know, woo, people say like, no, this is really it what is. it's all. It's relationships. It's yes. trust. It's caring about what you do and is delivering it again and again and again.
0: That's powerful. I love asking that question. I've been asking it for years and I never stop hearing something new each week on the show. And you gave us something new. It made me think of the first year we had Lauren Shook, who is the founder of Silverado and uh, senior living and he and his guiding principle was in business love is more powerful than fear and i think a lot of people are afraid to bring love into the idea of business but i'll tell you people don't care what you know until they know you care
3: exactly yeah that's a great way to look yeah that's a great so, so i'm really
0: so here we are four years later ladies and gentlemen we get a similar sort of vibe about importance of and there's a trust deficit in this country right now on so many fronts so to be able to be a transparent high integrity leader who actually cares and demonstrates that and is vulnerable, I think those are the keys to leading it, the millennials and other people through what we've just been through and the opportunities ahead of us. I agree. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to take our last commercial time out here on Critical Mass Radio Show. And when I come back with Nitai, I'm going to ask him to talk a little bit about the ch- a challenge that's facing his business and what he and his partner and the executive team at his firm are doing. So stay tuned. We'll be right back after these commercial words.
2: Can we talk about your family business? You know, that thing you put your whole life's blood, sweat, and tears into? Well, what happens when you retire or try and pass that business on to your children? At Succession Strategies, we can help you find the answers. We'll guide you through the unsettling process of protecting your family legacy. And successfully passing your business on to the next generation, safely and securely, ensuring that it'll both survive and thrive for generations to come. So ask yourself just one question. Can I really afford to wait? Take the first step. Take our complimentary self-assessment at SuccessionStrategies.com or call us at 714 560 9022 to set up a free consultation at your convenience. That's succession-strategies.com.
0: If you are an Orange County business executive, this message is for you. Do you ever feel isolated with no place to turn for advice or feedback? Who holds you accountable to your commitments in your company? Where do you find the right resources to help you and your company grow? If you have these questions, then Critical Mass for Business might be the answer for you. Dot criticalmassforbusiness.com and learn more about our executive peer group. Welcome back to Critical Mass Radio Show, a live radio show here on octalkradio.net and I'm talking with our second guest, Nitai Potok. He is the managing partner of Klingon Potok LLP. We've been talking about a range of topics, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I've enjoyed learning from Nitai. And Nitai, I'd like to ask you to do you have a current challenge that's facing your firm And equally important, what are you guys doing to mitigate that challenge from affecting your future growth?
3: You know, uh, I'm not sure if there's any business out there who's not facing challenges, so it's a a good question to ask, I think. You know, the challenge facing us today might be one that might be, you know, faced in most businesses, and that is change is coming fast, and so you either address it or it will address you. And so, from that perspective, there's a few areas where I believe that change is happening, and, and we are, you know, we are proactively going after them. One is obviously in the areas of uh, tax, all the uncertainties we've recently heard of, right, with the tax law changes and the healthcare reform and sunset clauses that just ended with 123112. I mean, we do our best to make sure that our clients are informed, and we look for ways to implement the tax law changes proactively, because that's one of the areas that keeps people up at night, right? So if you're in the business that that is a challenge for people, then you know what? you address it. You go face head, head face on and just try to do what you can. Now, another one is um, it's in the transition of how we do business this year versus last year. I'm not sure any business out there realizes that it's never the same business in every year, and especially right now with change as fast as it's happening. So we're looking for new technologies, new processes on how to do things and new and next generation of talent graduating from colleges it's completely different than what, what it was you know, five years ago, four years ago. Right. So we're addressing all of those things, and we look for ways to work with the next generation versus doing it the same old way. We're looking for ways to meet the team member's needs while still making sure that the client's needs are being met. And so even though we're a small firm, I think it's about you know, including everybody, making sure that we're making decisions so that everybody works as a team. And in this changing environment, I think you need to do that more and more in the business.
0: Right. And the... Uh the younger generations require a little different leadership style than the baby boomers the generation that i'm a part of and the, so the millennials are becoming more and more a part of the workforce and you really have to adapt and adopt your management style don't you
3: absolutely and you know and it's funny because i think i think uh, if you told somebody hey if a wave was coming at you what would you do would you ride the surfboard or would you go against it right and so you know most surfers would say of course you catch that wave and you ride it so it's right. like i tell people i go hey when a wave is coming you need to ride that wave, otherwise it's going to, you know, pound you into the sand. Right. And so from that perspective, I'm all about making it an inclusive environment You say, you know what, let's learn what they have to share with us as well. And that's how we're going to work together this generation and the last generation, and in fact, the next generation. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other area that, that is very unique for us is, you know, one that, that I've recently done, and, it, and it's in the area of personal and professional coaching. Mm-hmm. And I've just started that in the last, and I've started coaching in the last two years, but this year is getting a lot more awareness recently. And I personally feel it's a great potential for us to help our clients with what matters to them beyond their books. And so it's really getting to know the clients, especially the executive level, because they're a unique breed. They have challenges that most people don't have. And who do they go to? Because when they get to the office, everybody's looking to them to say, hey, you know what? We're looking up to you. So you're it. They go home and they have family lives and people are looking at them that they're it. Right. Or where do they turn around and say, hey, who's going to talk to me? Right. And so we're already, as you pointed out, trusted advisors. By profession, I'm a CPA, but, but my passion is to help people. And I think that's where I got into public accounting, began with, because I saw that it was helping people. But it was only in accounting and tax. I said, you know what, that's a great area, but what about beyond that? Mm-hmm. And so I, I went through a journey on my own of going down that road of, you know what, just keep climbing that corporate ladder and things will get better. And, and, and a lot of times we become executives, we just keep going, but we forget ourselves. And so a, a great quote hit me. Uh, a few years ago, four or five years ago, it says the problem with the rat race is even if you win, you're still a rat. Mm. <laughs> right. So I kind of stopped for a second. I said, what do I really want to do? And so success was there. Our firm was doing great, but it didn't feel like it was significant for me in my own life. And so I said, wait a minute, let me do something for myself. So I actually got a coach four years ago and I have a personal coach today but i said i i can't just stop here i need to take this to the next level so i started uh, getting educated and i became a personal professional coach and then i offered it up to our clients and i you know what you know what people saying is like well they're going to think you're a quack cuz you're a cpa and now you're out there coaching right i said you know what i started this with jumping into the deep end it's too late to turn back now okay and so when i started coaching clients accepted it because the trust was already there and the relationship was already built and, and the, the personalities match, and so it was like it was very easy, but it's something that I think people say, wow, CPA being a coach? Mm-hmm. But it's a new way of bringing services to our clients.
0: That's really uh, creative and out-of-the-box thinking. And, and I, knowing you the way I know you, and for those guests that are listening on the radio show, they're getting a great sense for who you truly are. I can see how you could make that work, that you could bridge the gap between being the technocrat, right? The, yes. The proficient CPA and then the coach who can take on a – because I do a lot of work with CEOs, and the idea of it's lonely at the top is unless you're in that position, you really can't appreciate the fact that you really don't have the opportunity to let your hair down around people who are depending on you to have the answers, especially as we went through the recession when they were looking to the boss to go, are we okay? Does she she or he have a a, – you know, they were reading the body language and everything. It's really under the microscope.
3: It is. And and people are looking at you. You know, uh, VCs are looking at you. Your stockholders <laughs> yeah. are looking at you. You know, the employees are looking at you. Yeah. And you turn around and you go, hey, who's behind me?
0: Right. You can't go to the board. You know, I really don't know what I'm going to be doing right <laughs> exactly. now. Really, get rid of him and find somebody else. That's the exactly. wrong answer, Nita. <laughs> exactly. You always should know whether you know or not. Fake it until you make it, right, which can be very stressful. Uh, the engineer is telling me we have about a minute left. So um, if someone wants to learn more about your firm, How do they find you online? What's your website?
3: So the website is uh, www.kpcpa.net. That's our website. And uh, the email address to reach out to would be npatok at kpcpa.net.
0: Well, the time has flown by, Nitai. I've enjoyed having you as our guest. Thanks for being a friend of the program. Welcome to the Critical Mass Business Community.
3: Thank you for having me today.
0: It's a great pleasure. I'd like to thank our engineer for today, Paul Roberts. Our producer is Rachel Franzi. Our guest coordinator is Kathleen Shepard. Kelly Faltus is our marketing communications manager. And I am your host, Rick Franzi, saying until the next time we have a chance to talk, here's hoping that all of your decisions will move your business in a positive direction.
2: You've been listening to Critical Mass radio show right here on Orange County's only community radio station, OC Talk